All right, welcome to another edition of Maverick University. We're going to continue on with uh, Brother Gary Way and Richard Way, uh, father-son uh, in the ministry. And if you want to check out uh, the previous video, we talked about relationships and rules and how love is spelled T-I-M-E. Uh, you can check out the previous video in the description. There'll be a link there where you can get to that video. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation um, with some other topics we we're talking about uh, before we started um, consistency and balance in the Christian home uh, and how that relates to child rearing. Um, so talk to me about just the concept of balance and what that means in a home life. I think the number one thing that I've seen, and again, I've been in ministry now for, well, I guess, 58 years from the time I was a preacher's kid till, till now and, uh, you know, met thousands of pastors and pastors' wives and pastors' families is, uh, and when I say inconsistency, I'm not always talking about maybe inconsistency in doctrine, but sometimes they're at church, they're one type person, at home they're another type person. At church they might be outgoing and friendly, and then they come home and they're withdrawn or they're, they're abrupt. They'll, be, they'll have extra patience at church, but no patience at home. And I would see this in the interaction, and so I, I and, and as a young man, I thought, you know, I, I've got to maintain a balance in my life. If I want to have a, a spiritual impact on my children, there's got to be some consistency. There has to be a balance in there. Uh, I felt like, and again, this is an observation, not a criticism, but I felt like that my father, when he pastored, he would spend more time with church people and the church activities than with his family. So I felt he was, he was imbalanced in that area. So I determined as a young pastor with young children, that I wanted to to have a balance. I wanted to spend time with my family, obviously, but I want to spend time with the church. And then I wanted to be consistent. I wanted to be the same person no matter where you saw me, no matter what time of day, no matter what the activity was, I was going to be the same person. I did not want any inconsistency in my life. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to balance, uh, the spiritual balance. Uh, in, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't going to spend eight hours soul winning and eight minutes with my family. But I might spend an hour and a half or two hours on Thursday night soul winning, and then Richard have a ball game on Friday night for an hour and a half. I wanted to keep a balance in there because I felt like I needed I needed that mm -hmm. to get the hearts of my children to have an impact on them. Brother Richard, are there some areas that you find it's a challenge as a pastor to balance things out? I do, but balance for me is maybe a different take than than him. Uh, one thing that I learned from my parents is, uh, you know, we can participate in things we enjoy uh, and also the ministry. You know, okay. a, a lot of parents, you know, sp you know, I don't, sports are wicked, sports are sinful, you know, and okay. you know what I'm saying? And while I believe they can take you out of church and they can take your focus off things, that doesn't make them wicked or sinful because you participate in them and, and I think one thing uh, my parents were able to teach uh, is you know hey we can play a basketball game and we can go to church but they're not going to conflict because we know the Lord comes first church always comes first I remember a particular story I was I think I was about 14 I was on an all-star select baseball team and uh, it happened to be on a Wednesday night game and we it was about an hour and a half away and uh, I was a starting first baseman, uh, you know, probably batting fourth or fifth, you know, pretty important role on the baseball team. And, and uh, the, But the game started at six. And so what we did, we got there, and my dad had told the coach, he said, look, we're leaving at 645. 
I mean, the coach was like, what in the world? Why? <laughs> what? Where are you going? He's like, well, we have church. And like, you're going to miss, you're going to take your son out of a baseball game to go to church. Well, yeah. And, you know, it happened to be uh, where they didn't conflict. You know, I was able to participate in the game, sure. but we also went to church. We weren't, we weren't going to miss church for any activity. It didn't matter. You know, I, we love sports and that was just one of the hobbies that we did. But it, 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 it was never uh, a, a conflict of interest. You know, we can do this and we can be in ministry because we can, we can find a balance there. Sure. You know, I, I mentioned uh, earlier in our previous discussions that Brother Coral says in one of his books that balance always does good and never does damage. And, you know, pastoring now, I can see where a lot of damage has been done, not only in pastors' homes, but in, in homes in general, because there wasn't a proper balance, uh, whether it was, you know, as, as he described balance or, you know, as I described balance, we just, we have to find some common ground where uh, living life to the fullest is, is great and also serving the Lord is great. Mm-hmm. And, and we can understand both and they don't have to conflict. We can we can do both, but you, you got to find a balance there of you know, uh, and and each family's different, each life is different, and so it's a struggle, uh, you know. And and obviously there are times, for instance, a couple weeks ago, you know, we had Hurricane Laura uh, okay. that came through Lake Charles, and you know we were wanting to take some supplies and and try to encourage some preachers, and so you know one morning I left at uh, 5 a.m. and didn't get home till you know after six, you know. And you'd driven, you know, five, six hundred miles, long day. Sure. When we get home, you know, uh, that was to me that was ministry needed to be done. But when you get home, hey, you know, still have family. You still have to have something in the reserve, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it, but a lot of times it's finding that balance of saying, hey, you know, I I I have to, I need to do this, I have to do this, mm-hmm. and and we we can do we can do it all. You know, we can we can give everything we have to the ministry. We can give everything we have to our wife. Give everything we have to our kids, and and find a balance there where nobody's feeling neglected, mm-hmm. because that's that's a that's a vital role uh, as a pastor. Because you don't want your church to feel neglected. You don't want mm-hmm. your wife to feel neglected. You don't want your kids to feel neglected. And if you if you don't find a proper balance, I feel like that that happens many times. They feel neglected uh, because. You know, it's it is a struggle yeah. to find that balance. I think it's good to have a frank conversation with family and just say, "Hey, this is Thursday night. This is the night I go out, and I it's church soul winning night, right. and so don't expect me home until this time." And if it's if that's the understanding, but there better be an understanding that also Friday night is my ho- I'm home and we're right. doing something. Absolutely, you know, and that's important. And obviously. You have those. You have that schedule set up, and it, things right. try to interfere with it. And with every relationship, you know, communication is key. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's across the board. If if you're not communicating your desires and your objectives to the church, to the your wife, to your kids, you know, I, it definitely can cause conflict and struggle uh, in the in the pastor's home. Your story about the baseball game uh, kind of highlights a couple things. Obviously, it, it highlights that you can have church activities. Right. It highlights you can have non-church activities. Yes. But it also gives the opportunity to teach that the Lord's activities trump, right? You know, every other diversion that's out there. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you have that balance, and then you learn priorities at the same time. Yeah, and also you know, I mean, you could look at it a different light. That hey, these people are serious about the Lord. 
Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, that's not very common today for somebody yeah, it's to, it turns to, head. You know, to participate in sports, but yet when you get to a certain point, hey, we're leaving at 645 because we have church. You know, a lot of folks, well, we just, we're not going to play sports because of church. And, and to each his own, you know, it, it's, it's, it's all about finding a balance for your life. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing that I was taught is you, you can have this, but this comes first. Mm-hmm. Well, when we left the game, it, it, the timing was perfect. He was playing first base, and the shortstop third baseman threw it to the first base for the third out, so the, and I was coaching third base. And so when the out's made, I walk across the field. Richard and I are walking into the first base dugout. Well, we walk right on out, and we're walking by the bleachers, and people are saying, where are you going? I said, it's church time. You're going to church tonight? Yeah, it's Wednesday night. We're going to church. They were, <laughs> they were incredulous that we were leaving that ball game and walking out yeah. to go to church. But on the other hand, what a message we sent to sure. our community that said, hey, this is somebody who's taking a stand. Mm-hmm. And uh, a year or two after that, I became the president of the baseball program. Well, they were having their board meetings on Wednesday night. I said, no, we're changing that. We're going to have it on Tuesday night. Well, Tuesday night, that I said, hey, I'm not going to be here on Wednesday night. That's church night. Mm-hmm. So I did that for five years. Well, when I finally, Richard finally got out of baseball at, at 16, when I told him, I said, okay, I'm done. I've been in this for a long time. The first thing they did was change it back to Wednesday night. And listen, the guy said, it's only church. And I said, that's your problem to you. It's only church. To wow. me, it's a priority. Yeah. But the community understood that because we took a stand. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's a highlight to me to be able to let my community know that this is one guy who was going to be consistent mm-hmm. in what we did. So let's get down to like nuts and bolts here with consistency. Um, some things done on purpose uh, to try to, um, you know, turn out godly children to try to be consistent what were some things that maybe you caught yourself in some in some ways and like ah, i need to i need to correct that and we need to, you know what were some family discussions that this night is we're doing some ministry some things on this night but this night is you know how did a weekly schedule typically run well you know we had our church schedule so we knew yes, church on sunday and then we had church on wednesday mm-hmm. and we had sewing on thursday thursday nights uh you know, at seven o'clock till, you know, depending on the time of year, and then on Saturday morning had bus visitation and Sunday school classes, and then another kind of soul winning follow up time on Saturday. So that was set, and so that was that was the top priority schedule, and then so when it came time for other activities, uh, we had to do things on purpose and say, okay, we we don't plan anything on Thursday nights because that's soul winning. Uh, we don't plan anything on Saturday mornings, and we usually started it with a breakfast or something like that at eight or eight thirty, and leave at nine or nine thirty, and be done around noon or one o'clock around lunchtime. So that was pretty much set in stone, uh, and so that became that was the consistency that that was the schedule yeah. that we didn't plan anything. And so when somebody would call and say, "Hey, can y'all come on Thursday?" No, we have church, and so it was the question was never asked, "Are we going to soul winning?" Mm-hmm. It was always. We are going. They, they never had to ask, are we? It, yeah. was, it was set. You didn't have to ask, do we have a conflict right. that would conflict with soul winning? <laughs> right. There are no conflicts with soul winning. Or, or, or the more, no. more funny one was, was that, you know, a lot of churches began to, to, to do this. It was like Richard would say, uh, do I have to wear a tie tonight? I said, yes. <laughs> until he quit asking, you just wear the tie every yeah. service until I tell you otherwise. And, but that, that's the consistency. And there was times, you know, that, that uh, you're talking about things we do on purpose. Uh, me, you know, I have a more vocal, more 
I don't know, caustic leadership sometimes, and I would have to back up. And I remember one time uh, my wife rebuked me privately, but I looked at our daughter and I said, uh, quit acting like a kid. And my wife pulled me off the side and she said, Gary, she is a kid. And so it was a rebuke yeah. to say, hey, you're, 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 you need to lighten up a little bit. Yeah. So those are some things that were done on purpose. Thank goodness for a godly wife who, who saw oh, yeah. that the statement I had made to a child when she now if she'd have been twenty had been different, but I think she was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Quit acting like a kid. Well, she is a kid. Sometimes it takes an outside exactly. look to see some but things. The, that's the that's a lot of times in me I would have to tone things down and my wife was always the reminder, she'd say, You need to tone it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my style is, you know, push, 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 push. And so I had now Richard inherited he got his mother's traits. He's much more calm and, and, and the thing I, that I love about him is, is when he was a kid growing up I would look at him and I would say stop don't do that and you know with a loud voice he will motion his son over there and he'll whisper in his ear <laughs> and he'll say the same thing that I probably said out mm-hmm. loud but he learned a more gentler approach sure. so you know that's an on purpose thing yeah. you know, to, that's a, something you have to learn to do and so he's learned to do that that he got, he, he saw my mistakes mm-hmm. and has made a correction. And I look at that and I go, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. But he did. And so that's, I watch him with his kids and I see some things that he learned. He probably learned a lot of things what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> for me. <laughs> well, we learned, we learned the good, the bad, the ugly. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. But Richard, uh, for you and your family, uh, obviously your kids are still young and you, you, you can't call yourself a parenting success right. just yet. Uh, but what are some things that you're trying to do on purpose? What are some? What's your schedule with your ministry and your personal lives, and keeping that balance? Yeah, you know, I think it's just uh, everybody's different. Um, I, one thing that I do is I pick and choose what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I, I try not to overextend myself. You know, because uh, if if things need to be done, uh, there are people in the church who can do them. And then they're, you know, I could do them. But if I can find someone, hey, why don't you pray about taking this on as a ministry? Why don't you pray about helping here? And and I think a, a struggle a lot of pastors have is they're trying to, they have a lot of irons in the fire, as, mm-hmm. as the saying is, and they overextend themselves. And then, you know, the, the family structure struggles uh, because of, you know, overextension. And so that's one thing that I do. And, and you know, some, some folks have asked me, well, hey, why don't you do this? I was like, well, you know, it's... I'm full. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, you know, one of my priorities is my family. Yeah. And if I, if I were to do this, then, you know, it would, it would cause me to struggle with my relationship with my kids. Sure. And, you know, one thing, being a, a third-generation uh, preacher, but, you know, even fourth-generation Christian uh, is... You know, I feel like uh, we need to uh, raise the bar, raise the level, you know, uh, particularly with, you know, family devotions uh, and, and family altar. I was thinking about, um, uh, you know, we always hear preaching on how important the Word of God is. And, yeah. and I know a lot of families do family devotions and, and read the Bible and, and you know, and, and 
there's really not a wrong way to do it. You know, I mean, yeah, uh, just so long as you're yeah, opening it's the important. Book and, yeah. But I, I figured it out that you know, if from the t t from the time your child was born uh, until you know uh, they graduate, uh, you could, if you just read one chapter a day, you know, read the Bible in just a short time with your with your entire family read the bible completely through and so we started that and you know thankfully we've we haven't read the bible through but i think we've accomplished uh six uh, books of the bible and you know it's not something we do every night uh but you know we we have altar time we have bible time and 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 uh just to just to show my kids that look this is important this book will change your life because that's what happened to us. You know, we realized, hey, we can have a real relationship with God, and it doesn't have to be phony. It doesn't have to be uh, a facade. You know, it can be a real relationship. And, you know, so often that starts in the home, but many times in the pastor's home, you know, you're hearing your dad preach, and you're hearing your mom teach, and you're singing specials, and you're involved in here, and then you come home, and just... At times, there's not a lot it's going on absent. at home. It is yeah. absent, wow. and so that's that's where I've really tried to emphasize uh, in my home is, hey, you know, us getting together every night and, and praying, and even certain times, you know, a, a few months ago we were moving, and man, it was just stressful. I mean, it was just you know, get this box and get that box and do this and do that. I mean, you know, every every time you move, it's just it can be stressful, and so. Uh, I remember that particular moment. I said, "Y'all come here," and so we just got in the middle of our living room. Man, we just had we just had a family altar right there. Uh, you know, just ask the Lord to help us to be patient with each other and kind and loving, uh, because you know we we preach that from the pulpit. That's the way. Hey, this is the way you need to live. But then, oftentimes, we come home and that emphasis is is lost. And so, I feel like as you know, a third generation pastor, man, I, I can't lose that emphasis just because, hey, just because your grandfather and your great grandfather were pastors doesn't mean you're going to live for God and serve God. This has to be done on purpose. This yeah. is a priority. And so I think that's one thing that, that, that my wife and I uh, work together and, and strive for is, is to, uh, you know, help our kids develop a real relationship with God uh, through, you know, a family. Uh, devotion, family altar time, is per se. You lead in church. You're leading in this public ministry, and if you're not you're not careful, you'd be tempted to not lead spiritually Correct. at home. You know, just assuming that you're getting the spiritual at church. It's kind of like what we say here at Providence Baptist College to our college students. You're in Bible class. You're in chapel five days a week. <laughs> you're sewing. You're doing ministry on the weekends, and so obviously, you know, you've. You've got to have your own personal walk with Correct. God, otherwise it's just... You can't depend on, you know, as I've been about, you can't depend on the what you hear from chapel or what the reading you get done in class. You know, you can't depend upon that as your walk with God. And same thing in the in the preacher's home. You can't say, well, my dad's the pastor. You know, I have a walk with God. That That's not a that's not a real relationship. That's, you know, that's a, that's a remedy for uh, trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have just a little bit of time, so what are some, we talked about some things we've done on purpose, you know, to, to bring balance in the home, uh, but what were some things that just, you, you didn't consciously do, but, you know, raising your kids growing up, or maybe some things you're doing now, you know, it's hard to think of the things you haven't consciously decided to do and actually come up with those in your brain, but, but there's some things that come to mind that are like, wow, 
you know, that was a pretty smart thing I did. I'm glad I did it because I didn't really intend to. It was just, you know, something I'm just glad I did. Well, you know, we were talking earlier. Uh, we had been in Gainesville for about, I guess, four or five, maybe six months when we had our first mission conference. Mm -hmm. And so I invited a mission director from an agency there in Dallas-Fort Worth and, and uh, him and his wife, and, and uh, we didn't have any money at that time. And so we went to a, a local taco place, like a Taco Bell, but just a local homemade place there. And uh, on Thursday nights, they had all you could eat. Oh. tacos and burritos and so we took Bring them there yeah. <laughs> we took them there because we thought that was really neat you know because we're saving money and we got this this gentleman there great guy he'd actually been assistant pastor with my dad years before and so i'd known him since i was a young man a teenager and so he's sitting there at the table and and uh, he asked the kids he said have you ever seen a pine float and they go well no he goes well let me show you a pine float he takes a toothpick puts it in a glass of water and they laughed and laughed and laughed. well they talked about that for several days and I thought okay that's a he built a relationship with my kids and I had nothing to do with it but I saw that that little interaction with that pine mm -hmm. and I guarantee you 10 years later they're still talking about brother Houston and that pine float that's funny and so that was an, an I wouldn't say it was an accident but it was something that was not planned that I saw and I said there's a key there mm -hmm. so then I wanted to expose them to men of God who would have an impact on their life. And so it was, you know, I, the providence of God. But I didn't know that was going to happen. But then I saw it happen, and I thought, okay, that, there's a lesson to be learned there. Yeah. Let those men of God. And so the greatest thing there, not the great, one of the greatest things happened, Dr. Lee Robertson. Mm -hmm. I had him come and speak. We'd been in game for about four or five years. And uh, we just built a new building, and finances were really tight trying to make that payment. And, and so he came to our home for lunch one day. And after he got through eating lunch, you know, this gentleman who never takes his coat off, he kneels down beside the dining room table, and, and he puts his hand on, on, on one of the children, and he prays for my family. And I thought, wow, Dr. Lee Robertson sitting at my table eating lunch and then he prays for my children. And I thought, that's, that's what it, that, that helped me see another time, a few years after the, the, first, the Pine Float incident, how that men of God could have a very positive impact on my children. Mm -hmm. And that was a memory that I'll never forget for them, that they were young, and, and I told them later on, you won't appreciate this till you get older, but you were sitting at your dining room table with, with Dr. Lee Robertson. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. And so something by accident turned into something on purpose. And for the next however many years, I guess until I quit pastoring, I was always bringing men in who I thought could be helped to my children. Mm -hmm. And then the latter years of my pastorate to my grandkids. Yeah. And so that's something that I learned by accident that turned out to be a tremendous thing. So that kind of goes along with that saying, it takes a village. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, Brother Richard, anything that you can think of that, man, just happenstance, you know, like, wow, this, you know, this is really helping my kids, things I didn't really plan on, but just came along, and wow, this is being a benefit, a blessing to my family. Yeah, I think along with the, those lines, uh, a lot of things that I do in the ministry, you know, I've implemented that I've learned, you know, from my dad's ministry and other, other folks' ministries, and that's just, you know, uh, allowing folks to influence your kids, you know, and, and, uh, teaching my kids that you know you can learn 
from everyone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you learn what not to do. Sometimes you learn uh, what to do. And so, you know, just taking that opportunity. Uh, I know one thing that particularly sticks out in my mind, uh, maybe not completely on the same topic, but uh, is, you know, I, I, I appreciate the fact that my dad has always been who he is. Mm -hmm. He's never tried to be somebody he's not. And I remember, uh, especially, you know, since I've started pastoring, is, hey, you know, I don't, I don't have to be anybody else. I can be who God wants me to be. And that, that moment when, those, when anybody realizes, hey, if the Lord's pleased and honored with my life and I can be myself, I don't have to um, uh, worry about what people think or what people say as long as I'm pleasing the Lord. And it's a great moment in, in people's lives. And it's liberating. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it brings a freedom that, um, you know, you, you, you really don't experience until that moment comes where you're like, yeah. hey, I can be who God wants me to be, and I can be happy about it. I can serve sure. the Lord in gladness. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Well, thank I you. appreciate thank the you conversation, much. and I hope it's a blessing and a help uh, to you all. Uh, if you want to learn more about uh, the PK Conference, uh, we'll put some information in the description down below. You can check that out and uh, uh, make some contact and find out about the nearest and the uh, next PK Conference coming up. Uh, so have a good day. Thanks for watching.